Hello, friends. Welcome to Trivia Over Tea, the quiz show podcast where we drink tea and play trivia. I am your host, Matthew Cook, and I'm here virtually, once again, with our scorekeeper, Carter Zenke. How are you doing today, Carter? I just finished reading some of our fan mail, and I'm feeling on top of the world. Me too, Carter. Uh, And thank you to everybody who has written in um, or texted me or whatever um, and told me that that you enjoy our show. Um, It really means a lot to us. This is our 10th episode, uh, which is pretty cool. So let's meet this week's contestants. First, we have Margaret. Hi, really excited to be here. My name is Margaret. I'm a full-time environmental scientist and a part-time rollerblader. Solid. Thank you, Margaret. And we also have Russell. Hello, I'm Margaret's brother, and I'm a junior in high school. Um, yeah. Well, thank you, Margaret and Russell. Welcome to the show. Uh, on this show today, we're going to have four rounds of questions, each with a slightly different format. And so without further ado, Carter, can you please explain the rules for round one? Yes. So round one is our first general knowledge round. Uh, each of you will answer five questions. Um, here, they are multiple choice, and they're only worth 10 points each. Alrighty, Margaret, you are up first. Are you ready? I'm ready. Question one. On which of the following days does the stock market close every year? A, Good Friday, B, Veterans Day, or C, Christmas Eve? Oh, okay. I have no knowledge of the stock market, so I expect Russell would be a better person to ask. But uh, given that Good Friday just happened right before we recorded this, I'm going to say Good Friday. That is correct. It is closed every year on Good Friday. It does not close for Veterans Day, um, and it has a half day every year on Christmas Eve. Um, However, this year, Christmas Eve um, falls on a Friday, and Christmas Day falls on a Saturday. And so Christmas Eve qualifies as the federal holiday for this year, um, but only for this year. But Good Friday, um, the market is closed uh, every year. Question two. According to ESPN, Who holds the record for most hot dogs eaten by a president on opening day with four? A, Dwight Eisenhower, (laughs) B, John F. Kennedy, or C, Lyndon Johnson? Okay, this is a really great stat. I was expecting a large number of hot dogs, but four I think I could do. I'm going to go with C, Lyndon Johnson. That's correct. Yeah, this occurred on April 13th, 1964 um, with the Washington Senators game uh, at District of Columbia uh, Stadium, which is now rfk stadium um this is one of my new favorite trivia facts that i found out recently i can eat far more than four hot dogs if i really wanted to i recall a uh a get together in sixth grade i think you were there carter actually where i ate six hot dogs i vividly remember this yeah shout out to uh, chris delong um, and his family who cooked those hot dogs for me anyway question three what company was the first to ever sponsor the olympics a gm b Coca-Cola, or C, McDonald's? I think I'm going to say B, Coca-Cola, because I think that's the oldest company, but I could be wrong. Uh, well, you are correct. They began sponsoring the games in 1928 and have remained a sponsor ever since. Wow. Question four. Jim Steinman wrote hits Holding Out for a Hero and Total Eclipse of the Heart for what singer? A, Pat Benatar, B, Bonnie Tyler, or C, Joan Jett? Oh, that's got to be my girl, Bonnie Tyler. Uh, That's correct. Those are her (laughs) two big hits of the 80s. And uh, this is probably too much information, um, but I have sung Total Eclipse of the Heart um, for karaoke once. Who hasn't? Yeah, no, it's a a great song. 
It's a great song. And finally, question five. In 1717, pirate Benjamin Hornigold attacked a merchant ship off the coast of Honduras for the purpose of stealing what? A, gold, B, maps, or C, the crew's hats? I have absolutely no idea, but I love the idea of stealing hats. So I'm going to say C. Yeah, that's correct. Oh um, appara- apparently, Hornigold's crew had gotten drunk the night before and lost their hats. Um, and what's notable about Hornigold is that his second in command was Edward Teach, who was otherwise known as Blackbeard. Blackbeard. Yes. Can I get bonus points? No. <laughs> no, that's not, not how this works. Enough. You already have oh, enough man. points. Yeah, yeah, you're 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 good on points. You're good on points. Uh, Alrighty, Russell, are you ready for your five? I mean, I'm sure I'm going to get more points than Margaret. Um, probably, so definitely. probably. Question one: On July fourteenth, seventeen eighty nine, people stormed what in Paris, which is commonly regarded to be the start of the French Revolution? A. The Palace of Versailles. B. The Bastille. Or C. The Eiffel Tower. Well, it's not Versailles, and it is the Bastille. So I'm going to go with the Bastille. It is the Bastille. And July 14th is Bastille Day in France. The Eiffel Tower was not built yet. I think that was the I, 1870s or 1880s, something like that. I just remembered. I forgot to uh, clarify what type of tree, tea I'm drinking. I have oh. peppermint tea. Oh, which means fantastic. Margaret. Margaret, do you have any tea? I do have tea. I've got some cherry tea in this mug that says, this is fine on it. Oh, I've never heard of cherry tea. That's interesting. Well, cool. It's better than I expected. Interesting. I've got my my iced tea. Carter, do you have any tea? Uh, That's a no. Okay. Okay. Cool. (laughs) Cool. Uh, Moving on. Question two. Which of these teams has won the fewest games all time in the NCAA men's basketball tournament? A, the University of San Francisco, B, Montana, or C, Nebraska? None of these teams are notable in basketball, I would think. Um, so San Francisco, Montana, or Nebraska? Correct. I'm going to use some really good logic here. Nebraska is like a state of nothing. They don't even have basketball courts. So I'm going to go with Nebraska. <laughs> well, you're correct. Um, uh, <laughs> Incredible. I'm, I'm not sure that they have zero basketball courts in the state. No, they have no basketball courts. Well, I, I've never been to Nebraska, so I cannot um, say for certainty whether they do or not. Um, but that is the correct answer. Uh, the University of San Francisco has 24 wins total, uh, including championships in 1955 and 1956. Montana has three wins, and Nebraska has yet to win a single tournament game, despite having appeared in the tournament seven times. However, the uh, Nebraska women have fared slightly better, having won seven tournament games over 14 total appearances. Question three. What comedian voiced Barry B. Benson, the idealistic honeybee protagonist of the Bee Movie? A. Ray Romano, B. Larry David, or C. Jerry Seinfeld? Um, this is an unfortunate question because somehow I've avoided ever watching this movie, and also I don't know any comedians. Oh. So I'm going to go with Seinfeld because I know they are a comedian. Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah, Jerry Seinfeld was the was Barry B. Benson. Question four. Which of the following nations does not use the euro as its currency? A. Sweden. B. Germany. Or C. Belgium. Well, Germany and Belgium are both 
innately involved in the EU. Belgium's where they have the EU headquarters, and Germany is kind of like they're they're very intimately involved with the EU, and they definitely use the euro. So it's Sweden. That is correct. They have the Swedish krona. And finally, question five. In 1949, what caused Big Ben's great clock to be behind by four and a half minutes? A. An unusually strong wind. B. The tower's window washer nudged the hands with his rig. Or C. A flock of birds perched on the minute hand. Those all seem entirely possible. Besides wind, I believe it's encased. In...、Um, well, I'm gonna go with birds because I want that to be the case. Yeah, that's correct. The flock of birds perched on the minute hand for about four and a half minutes, and、uh, thus delayed the clock. Alrighty, that's the end of round one. Carter, can you please give us a score update?、Uh, this has been the best first round we have ever had.、Uh, every contestant got all the points, so it is fifty to fifty. Dang! Wow, I should have written harder questions. You weren't ready for our family. No, I wasn't. I completely underestimated you. Especially、wow. our Nebraska logic. Yeah! <laughs> wow, it's very strong. Who knew? And our、Who、pirate、knew? knowledge. It's time for our weekly audience question, and、uh, if you'll recall, last week's question was: March thirty-first is known as Thomas Mundy Peterson Day in what state? Commemorating the anniversary of Thomas Mundy Peterson becoming the first African American in the United States to cast a vote. Following the passage of the Fifteenth Amendment in 1870, in this state's city of Perth, Amboy, and the answer is New Jersey, the Garden State. So this week's question is as follows: Pogonology is the study of what? That's pogonology. P-O-G-O-N-O-L-O-G-Y. Pogonology is the study of what? So put your thinking caps on, and、uh, let me know what you think the answer is. Alrighty, it's time for round two. So Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yeah. So round two is a little different than the first round in that questions are now worth twenty points, and they are open ended.、Um, you'll get five questions on the same topic. If you get one wrong, your opponent can answer for half points. Alrighty, Margaret, you are up first. Your topic is. National parks. Are you ready? Ooh, I'm ready. Question one: Established in 1872, what was the United States' first national park? That's going to be Yosemite. No. No. <laughs> Russell. Yellowstone. Yellowstone. I got、I'm、the Y bit... word wrong. That's.、Yeah. I'm taking apes right now, and we have that question on every single test. I'm not sure why, but I could have told you the specific year, which is a little bit concerning. I believe Yosemite was the second park. Question two: What national park in Tennessee and North Carolina was the most visited national park in 2020? I'm going to go with the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Correct.、Um, okay. It had an estimated 12,095,720 recreational visits in 2020, and maintained its long-running position as the most visited national park, a position it has held since 1944. That's shocking. Yeah, I I thought it was going to be like Yosemite or、yeah. the Grand Canyon or something, but well, no. Hey, state pride. Yeah. Happy to see it. Question three: The highest point in North America is the centerpiece of what namesake national park? Hmm, that's a great. That's a really good question. Thank you. I、um, wrote it. I'm trying to think of mountains that I know, 
and I think I'm going to have to say Mount Rainier. Is that a national park? Um, I th I think that I think it is a national park, but it's not. It's not the right one. No, it's not the right one, Russell. Darn. Um, well, you found our family's uh, secret issue here. We don't know any mountains, apparently. Mm. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with the whole state of Colorado. No, no, this is Denali National Park in Alaska. I was oh. really close. And Denali, which was formerly known as Mount McKinley, but is, has now reverted to the indigenous name of Denali, um, is the highest point in North America. Awesome. Yeah. Question four. What North Dakota park, located in the state's Badlands, is the site of the namesake president's cabin? Huh. The namesake president. So there's a park named after a president. Uh, I'm stuck on Mount Rushmore, which I know is not the right answer because that wasn't a president. Um, the best I can think is, is there a Roosevelt National Park? Be more oh, specific. Oh, a, a, a Teddy Roosevelt. Correct. National Theodore park. Roosevelt National Park. Ah, yeah. yay. Rushmore is in South Dakota. Yeah, okay. Who? I mean, it's the Dakotas. Who knows the difference? Uh, they're, yeah. It's not Nebraska, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very different. Question five. What national park, located in the middle of Lake Superior and accessible only by boat or plane from Michigan's Upper Peninsula and Minnesota, is known for its seclusion and is one of the country's least visited parks every year? I have never heard of this, but I'm going to guess it is the Great Lakes National Park. No. Russell, uh, do you know? So it's in the middle of Lake Superior? It's in the middle of Lake Superior. You say it's only accessible by boat or plane, but I feel like I could get there if, with a car if I tried really hard. <laughs> um, but I'm going to go with the middle of Lake Superior's National Park. No. Though I, and I would never underestimate your abilities to drive a car across Lake Superior, but unfortunately, that's not the right answer. Um, the answer is Isle Royale, or Isle Royale, not really sure which, National Park. So, yeah, lots well, of bears, lots of moose, big island in the middle of Lake Superior. So, looks super cool. Alrighty, Russell, your topic is hits and misses of the Nintendo Wii. My, my, I had my brother write this, um, write this category. Because um, he knows much more about video games than me. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Russell's been training his whole life for this. <laughs> I w we were actually playing, our family was playing Rock Band on the Wii last night. So we, I, we are going to destroy you. Ah. I am. We've had a lot of contestants recently who have tried puns. Question one. Aside from Wii Sports, what critically acclaimed racing game was packaged alongside the Wii for much of its lifespan and was the best-selling Wii game of all time. Mario Kart Wii. Woohoo! Correct. Woo While the game's 37 million copies sold is impressive, it pales in comparison to the 83 million copies sold of Wii Sports. Question 2. Sonic the Hedgehog got off to a rough start on the console in what Arabian Nights-themed game, the first entry in the Sonic Storybook series? that is infamous for its horrific control scheme that relied heavily on the Wii's motion controls. Sorry, this was Sonic and the Arabian Nights themed? Uh, yes, apparently it's Arabian Nights themed, um, and it's the first entry in the Sonic Storybook series. I, I can't believe I've never heard of this. This sounds amazing. Um, 101 Sonics. Uh, no, Margaret. That was a really good guess. Um, it was. 
My guess is uh, Sonic and the Magic Carpet. <laughs> no, also a good guess. Um, this is uh, Sonic and the Secret Rings. Oh, I um, was closer than I thought. Yeah. Many of the main issues with the controls were worked out in the other game in the storybook series, Sonic and the Black Knight. However, Secret Rings is not the only game in the series infamous for its motion controls, as Sonic Freeriders for the Xbox Kinect had an even more unimpressive control scheme that was entirely based in motion controls. So, the more you know. Question three. The Wii is the console that has the most copies sold of what best-selling LEGO game that, as the name implies, follows the story of the six namesake sci-fi movies? I think it's just... So it's Star Wars, but I think the name is just Lego Star Wars. I don't think they came up with an interesting name for it. Yes, that's correct. Lego Star Wars, the complete saga. And the Wii accounted for about a third of the 15 million copies of the game ever sold. It's a great game. It is a very good game. Question four. Samus Aran also had a rough time on the Wii as she starred in what Metroid game controversial for its lack of gameplay, abundance of cutscenes, and a betrayal as and a betrayal of Samus that indirectly conflicts with prior games. So this is a Samus game on the Wii that didn't do well. Okay. Yes. Um, Samus colon the big flop. <laughs> <laughs> no, Margaret. Man, Russell is killing it. Um, Samus colon a bad game. <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, that's true, but no. This is uh, Metroid colon Other M. The game was so controversial that the series went on hiatus, with only a spin-off game and a remake being added to the series since 2011. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. How could they? Question 5. The divides over what platform fighters' physics and gameplay mechanics, the most infamous of which being random tripping, led to the revival of Melee and the split of the competitive scene between Melee and modern games. Super Smash Bros. Yes, Super Smash Bros. Oh, Ball. Goodness. Brawl, okay. yes. There have been many modifications, most notably Project M and its successor, successor, good lord, Project Plus, that have brought the game more in line with its predecessor. Series creator um, Mashiro Sakurai um, would revert many of the changes made in Brawl in later games in the series. Well, we've reached the end of round two. Carter, can you please give us a score update? Well, we have Russell pulling slightly ahead by 30 points with 120 total and Margaret at 90. So now we're on to round three. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Yes. Round three is like round two, except now the questions are worth 30 points. Um... I believe that is all that's different about round two or round three. We are on round three. We are on round three. Yes. And if you get the question wrong, your then your opponent can answer for half points. Now it's 15 points. Very good. Thank you, Carter. Alrighty, Margaret, you're up first. Are you ready? I am. Question one. What interstate highway running from Petersburg, Virginia to Montgomery, Alabama has many short stretches where southbound traffic will actually be traveling north and northbound traffic will actually be traveling south, including through Durham, North Carolina. Well, you'd think I know this because I live in Durham, but uh, I'm going to make a wild guess and say, is it I-85? It is I-85. All right. Yeah, it runs pretty diagonally for much of its stretch, um, but there are times when the, the bends make it so that you're actually traveling north if you're traveling south and vice versa. Question two, sodium chloride is the chemical name for what? 
Salt. Table salt. Correct. Question three. Topping the Billboard Hot 100 on November 29, 1986, what Bon Jovi song from the album Slippery When Wet was the band's first number one hit? Is that going to be Wanted Dead or Alive? No. Russell? So it's either um, the... Oh, shoot. I'm forgetting their names. So it's either You Give Love a Bad Name or the... um, uh, shoot, what's the other one? It's like, it has a bunch of whoa, whoa, woes in the beginning. One of the most <laughs> famous songs that I remember yeah. now. Yeah, so it's either You Give Love a Bad Name or, um, well, I guess I'm just going to go with You Give Love a Bad Name because I don't remember the other one. Well, fortunately, you remembered the correct one. Oh, you goodness. Give Love a Bad Name was their first number one hit. Living on a Prayer did hit number one, um, but not until February 14th, 1987. So just a couple of months later. That's the whoa, whoa song. Whoa. That is, we're halfway there. Well, more than halfway there on this episode. <laughs> Question four. What is Canada's only province with two official languages? Quebec. No. Oh, no. Russell? You were so confident in this. I was confident. Um, let's see. I know, shoot, Canadian provinces. Um, I'm sorry to the Canadian listener. But so there's BC. There's... Um, Newfoundland. There's. Hold on, am I wrong with Newfoundland? <laughs> no, that's okay. a province. That's a province. Thank well, you. it's Newfoundland okay. and Labrador, but yeah, that's a province. Yeah. Okay, and then there's Quebec, which is not it. There's Ontario. Um, I think of BC as the most English one, so I don't think it's that. Um, I'm gonna go with Ontario. No, the this is this was a bit of a trick question because you think it it's it's uh, Quebec. But Quebec, the only official language is French. The answer is oh. the answer is New Brunswick. Oh, yeah. Which my is, second guess would have been Montreal, but is that a city? That's a city. That's uh, the largest city in Quebec. That's embarrassing. Um, though you are not the first trivia over tea contestant to think that Montreal was a province, um, which you would have known if you had listened. Um, so there you oh, go. Man. There's there's your public shaming. Um, but no, this is New Brunswick. Um, about a third of the province is francophone and the other two thirds is anglophone. Question five. Teapot Dome, the eponymous rock of the early 1920s Teapot Dome scandal, is located in which state whose other famous rock formations include Devil's Tower? Huh. I've heard of Teapot Dome, but I, I'm going to go with Utah? No. Russell? I, oh, boy. Um, for some reason, Utah also would have been my guess, and I'm not really sure why. Um, I think oh, they have a, a lot of rocks rock in, formation. The, yeah, there's a lot of rocks in a lot of rocks in Utah. A lot of famous rocks in Utah. Substantial amount of rock. By the end of this episode, we're gonna insult every U.S. state. <laughs> yeah, Utah would never name something after the devil. Um, that's my official verdict. So, moving on from Utah, we have Nebraska, which has no basketball courts. <laughs> 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 So we have to move west from Utah, and then we end up at some other state. You found eventually, our other family weakness, which eventually is geography. We get to, yeah, eventually we get to California. That, that part I know. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Nebraska. Uh, no, it's actually the state that's in between Utah and Nebraska, which is Wyoming. Wow. Yeah. And the, the uh, teapot dome was originally named due to its resemblance to a teapot, um, but the features have eroded over time. Um, and the scandal, uh, the Teapot Dome scandal, involved the Harding administration, uh, which, in sum, 
leased area around the Teapot Dome as well as two locations in California to private oil companies at low rates without allowing for other bids. And uh, it turned out that the Secretary of the Interior, I think it was, was receiving kickbacks from those oil companies. So, boo. Yeah. Good old fashioned scandal. Russell, are you ready for your five questions? Uh, yes. Question one What interstate highway is a major north south corridor through Indiana, Kentucky, Tennessee, and Alabama and passes through downtown Nashville? So I, I kid you not, earlier today, I was talking with Margaret about the types of questions that are always on here, and I was tempted to study interstates. I'm not kidding. I was about to study interstates. But there aren't any Quizlets on interstates because no one studies that. You could look at a map. I, I could, but now I can't. So That's true. Um, it passes through Nashville and goes to Birmingham? Yep. Okay, well, I know I could drive over to this interstate from like my house but i don't know what it's called um i-65 correct okay cool yes question two what asian nation has the world's oldest continuous hereditary monarchy so they have a hereditary monarchy china doesn't as far as i'm aware in yeah indian india definitely doesn't um taiwan taiwan's a new country so that wouldn't really count pakistan doesn't Saudi Arabia. Are we counting the Middle East as Asia? Sure. That's the question. Okay. Sure does not make it sound like they are originally counted in it, though. I'll go with Thailand. No. Margaret? Would you believe that we have a family member who won Jeopardy? Well, I, I would have after the first round. <laughs> yeah, we've deteriorated quickly. We, we've gone downhill. Uh, my guess is um, the Philippines. No, you missed a really big country in Asia. Japan. Oh, hold um, on. They have a... I, okay, I wouldn't have guessed that anyway. Yeah, but. they um, they have an emperor. Um, Naruhito is the current emperor. He is the 126th emperor of Japan. Pretty cool. Yeah. Question three. Escamp, Lac, and Luce Duinen are neighborhoods of what Dutch city, home to the Binnenhof and the International Court of Justice? So Dutch would be New York. City potentially that's not my final guess i can't think of any other these also might be actual dutch like netherlands cities in which case we're both that might be what i was implying yeah <laughs> although new york city is a dutch city is it like, yeah they're founded by the dutch. i thought it was okay American. okay I'll, I'll help you out it's not new york city yeah we're, know, we're talking about the netherlands here um well this would be great if i could name a single city in the netherlands um <laughs> I'm not sure Margaret can either, thankfully. No comment. Um, yeah. Um, with regard to the Netherlands, I'm going to go with um, <laughs> New York City. <laughs> uh, no, that's not correct. Margaret? Oh, I'm going to embarrass myself so much here. Uh, Amsterdam? Well, that oh. is a city in the Netherlands, um, but it, it is not the correct home. answer. Um, the International Court of Justice should have been a big clue. This is The Hague. Oh, the Binnenhof well, has hosted the States General of the Netherlands since eight, uh, since 1584, making it one of the oldest legislative buildings still in use today. Question four. Rooibos tea is only grown in a small area in the Western Cape province of South Africa and is notable because, unlike most teas, it naturally lacks what stimulant? Probably caffeine. 
That's correct. And you want, yeah. Yeah. And finally, question five. In the first nine episodes of Trivia Over Tea, how many times has a player scored more than 300 points? So let's see. How many, have, how many episodes have there been where people have gotten over 300? 300 points. I'm not sure there have been any episodes where that's happened, so I'm going to go with two. No. Margaret? I'm going to guess one. One. It was oh! last week. It was last week. Matthew on March 31st scored 340 points, but he's the only one so far. Incredible. Good job, well, Matthew. now that we've alienated our entire <laughs> listening base, uh, Carter, <laughs> that's the end of round three. So can you give, give us a score update? Both contestants scored the same number of points in round three. Uh -huh. So uh, Russell still remains in the lead by 30 points with 195 compared to Margaret's 165. Alrighty, now it is time for round four. Carter, can you please explain the rules? Well, round four is our showdown, uh, consisting of three open-ended questions to which we'll ask you to write down your answers, and we will reveal them at the same time. Okay, Margaret and Russell, are you ready to go? I'm ready. Question one. What U.S. president ran a tailoring business in front of his home in Greenville, Tennessee? Margaret, what is your answer? James K. Polk. Russell? I don't think he's a Tennessee president. I went with Andrew Johnson. Well, Polk is a Tennessee president, um, but it is Andrew Johnson. Oh, wait, were both? Polk is from Tennessee? Well, I mean, the, the three guys who were Tennessee presidents, not, none of them were actually born in Tennessee. Okay. Um, Andrew Johnson yeah. and James K. Polk were born in North Carolina, and Andrew Jackson was born in South Carolina. Um, Polk lived um, uh, near Columbia, Tennessee, I believe. Um, but he was all buddy-buddy with Andrew Jackson and frequently spent time at the Hermitage. But this is Andrew Johnson, who was the tailor. Question two, what amendment changed the Constitution so that U.S. senators were elected by popular vote, not by the state legislatures? Do we have answers? Yes. Yeah. All righty, Margaret. I wrote down a number, which is 24. Russell. Well, I'm fairly certain that I didn't guess the one where women were allowed to vote, which was my main goal, to not guess that one. Um, <laughs> but I, I put 17. It is the 17th Amendment. What? So, good job <laughs> out of you. Yeah, this was enacted in 1913. I and before that... I didn't guess the one where women were allowed to vote. <laughs> yes. That was 19. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was 19. Yeah, 16 was income tax, 17 was the senators, 18 was prohibition, and then 19 was... Uh, women's suffrage. So yeah, this was enacted in 1913. And before that, senators were chosen by the state legislatures. And finally, question three, how many states touch Tennessee? Do we have an answer? I think so. Margaret, what is your answer? 11. Russell? <laughs> I hope that's wrong because I put seven because 17 worked last time. And I don't think there's 17. Well, Russell is definitely closer. The answer is eight. Oh. Ah. North Margaret, Carolina. What are you doing? <laughs> I counted. Um, I North Carolina, 11. Virginia, Kentucky, Missouri, Arkansas, Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia. Well, that's the end of the game. Carter, what's our final score? Well, we have Russell with this amazing final sprint, uh, 275 points compared to Margaret's 165. Congratulations, oh, fan. Well, congratulations, Russell. You have won. Today's right episode. Won. Do you have anything you'd like to say? 
um, I would like to thank the Academy and also Margaret for not being good at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's beautiful. Well, that's our show for this week, folks. Uh, thank you, Margaret and Russell, for being on the show today, as well as Carter Zanke for being our scorekeeper and Mason Cook for composing the music and contributing some questions. And thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to Trivia Over Tea on your preferred podcast platform and leave us a review if you enjoyed it. And check out our website, triviaovertea.podbean.com. Like us on the Facebook and follow us on Instagram at Trivia Over Tea. And feel free to message us there if you have any comments or suggestions regarding the show. And tune in next week when we'll have two new contestants and 33 more fantastic questions. Thank you. We'll see you next week. 